I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repeticulture Network. This is episode 133 of Snakes and Stogies, uh, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just released sliding options, sliding front options for the XT8. So that's the eight foot model, XT4, XT3. Uh, and then there is now a single drop down window version of the XT3 and XA3 as well, which are definitely worth checking out. Uh, I'm in the process of actually taking that god awful Cambro rack I have, swapping that out with some of the, uh, the XT3s. Um, not sure which which front I want to go with yet, but that uh, that'll be figured out at some point. So check them out. More stuff is sort of in the pipeline to get get released. Uh, and then Petertown Pythons, check them out as well. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I believe they'll have some stuff available here shortly in terms of availability. If you're looking for some ball pythons, they got some pretty cool stuff. Um, other than that, it's just the usual. Got one more clutch to hatch. That's the thorn scrubs. And uh, uh, those should be hatching. Tomorrow will be 60 days. So probably within the next week or so is the hopes. And that'll be the last clutch of the season. It's hard to believe that it's the, the whole season just sort of come and gone so quick. So it's just... Uh, Hello. Hello. Can you hear yeah. me? Yeah. Do you still not see me? Yeah, you're off camera. You're not like in frame. Yeah. Yeah. That's because I have a. I'm using an old mic stand as a as a camera tripod now, so I'm not like, you know, six feet from the camera. Interesting. I go through these Sorry. phases, of getting these like hardcore, gotta make small upgrades and things like that to the the studio and how we do things and right you're sorry late. i'm late i'm sorry i'm sorry busy putting on your hawaiian shirt yeah technical difficulties as always and i'm not wearing oh. a hat i forgot to grab my hat it feels weird it feels weird being on camera with no hat you feel naked i mean i don't feel naked because it's like 90 99 degrees out right now that's an exaggeration of course but i look at myself on camera i'm like got some hair going on here well, so I what did I miss? the uh intro stuff i was mentioning how i have the last clutch to hatch uh which tomorrow will be day 60 on the thorn scrubs and that okay. the season's just like flown by i feel like i i blinked and and it went from bringing stuff out of cooling to pairing stuff up to now like you know last last clutch and then it's going to be cooling stuff down again in a couple weeks like it just it goes by so quick so fast cray cray what mm -mm. what's new with you 
Not too much, man. I uh, I was just doing like after feed checks, you know, a couple days later, make sure everything did what it was supposed to do. And uh, I almost had a 100% feed week. Almost. Every single animal ate all the new stuff ate all the quarantine, all the long terms, all the everything ate except for the stiletto. But of course, to be, to be expected. So it looks like it's going into another shed cycle. So I'm not going to sweat it too much. Um, if it does, if I'll check him in a couple days, if he's super duper blue, then uh, I'll leave him alone. If not, I will. Uh, I'm going to start to try different tactics because. I thought maybe just leave him, leave him alone, and just give him a live pink. He would do it, but nope. So it's been crap, like five weeks now. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to start to see him or her losing weight. So we'll start to try ulterior motives. Have you been keeping it like dark? Oh yeah. Because I, mean, uh, I don't, I don't it, know. If it were me, I'd like throw it in a closet. And well, so I wanted to simulate normal daytime, normal daytime, nighttime schedules, right? And uh, it's technically northern hemisphere. I mean, if you even want to call it, it's equatorial. But it's on. It's in a gasket tub with good airflow, mm-hmm. not too much airflow that it's killing the humidity. But I got jungle mix, some sphagnum moss, some dried oak leaves, and then a big water bowl that has like the little lip on it so like it won't like spill out. And uh, and a nice piece of cork flat. And I keep the substrate super damp on on the water side and gets a light a light mist on the uh, on the dry side. And it's already had a perfect complete shed, perfect shed. So We'll see what happens. Maybe it's just settling still. Yeah. You know, like I'd imagine those take a while to really yeah. sort of get into the swing of things. And yeah. No, but that also seems like a species that would do great if you kind of just forget it exists. Yeah, yeah. And that's and the problem is is that nobody really nobody knows what a lot of these things eat. Right. You know, and I'm I'm consulting the Chimera Bible, and uh depending on the species, it says either the exact same thing you know fossorial snakes lizards and the occasional mammal and then like some of the animals that are like really really uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for some of the species that have been highly field collected for uh specimen they have the dietary contents of of a lot of them Mm -hmm. and some of them have like mice in them some of them have shrews most of the lizards and to be honest most of them are snakes actually um which it doesn't bother me too much because I know Henry has a stockpile of frozen snakes. If I really needed something, you know, or if I really need to like buy a corn snake, I could or catch a, a garter or a ribbon or something I could. Um, but one of the one, the most common snake species that I was reading in the book that is in their digestion is blind snakes. So I may wind up trying to either put a couple blind snakes in there and see if he eats them or even using a blind snake to scent like a frozen thawed day old. Or a frozen yeah. thawed blood pink. I just I was spoiled, man, because like in the past when when I had the bibroni, I just put in live pinkies and fuzzies, and they just ate them, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a whole other thing about how because they're so fossorial, um, people would tube feed them, and by tube feeding, I mean put the snake in a tube 
and then put the prey in the other side. And when the snake comes to the prey, it feels like it's in a burrow and eats it. And that worked. And it worked. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm optimistic. Yeah. I mean, if if it's not losing weight or anything like that, and it seems like it's pretty much just maintaining, then... Yeah, I wouldn't sweat it. I don't. I've got that. I've got one Dion's that still has not taken a meal since I hatched, and it's not really losing weight either. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, just I, let it do its thing, you know. Keep offering it to you, and if you don't take it, you don't take it. You know? Yeah, but uh, everything else ate. All the new stuff ate. I got Outer Banks Kings from Doctor Loveman, which are mm-hmm. so freaking cute, and uh, Sean got some too. And Sean was telling me that I guess uh, they need a hot spot to want to feed. So I was like, all right, you know what? Let me try giving them live prey because I know the other guys, they aren't giving live prey. I said, let me give them each like a, a day old pink alive and see what it does. And the girl ate like six minutes after I put the thing in there. And then the the male was like, oh, my God, an animal. Get away from uh-huh. me. Yeah. Um, but I left it in there overnight. I went to work, came home. And it was gone, and he's got a lump. So, rock and roll. And uh, the Woma, dude, the Woma was stressing me out, man, because I'm like, man, this is, I can't have this thing not eat, you know? And I'm like, I really don't want to have to go through the rigmarole with this thing. And uh, I wound up getting her to eat a fresh killed hopper. So, that was it. It worked. So, I'm not going to (laughs) complain. A win is a win is a win. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that makes yeah. me happy. I got a pair of Juno Road Bairds from uh, Brandon McWilliams. Nice, nice. He and I have, have talked for some time about about switching, swapping. like swapping. Yeah. So got a pair from him in. Those things are freaking flawless. Uh, nice. Both eight. Like one, I almost, I was holding the pinky in my fingers in front of the mouth of the hide, and I, I, Got a little whack from one out of excitement, so that's good. They're uh, both ate like no hesitation. Um, How different do they look compared to your babies? Uh, so the Juno Road ones are still, if I'm not mistaken, considered like Loma Alta Highway 277 area, like that sort of general Eastern Range sort of phenotype. So they have that sort of higher silver, but these are like way lighter in color than my Loma Altas that I hatched. Like it's, right. I mean, it's, it's wild. And honestly, I think they look better than my, than the Loma Altas do. Um, is it more of like a currently. pale gray or is it yeah, more silver? Yeah, it's a much lighter gray. Um, so those are going to be stunners. Um, sending his out tomorrow. Cool. I'm really hoping FedEx doesn't have any like holiday backup issues, but, um, at least you're getting it in there after the holiday, you know? Yeah. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that made that mistake, you know? Like, you don't realize. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I got a, like, I got a handful of boxes going out this week. And then I have some stuff that's hitching a ride with Jake stuff to go to Brendan Meyer. Cool. Um, Brendan sent me some corn snakes. Still have to send the money for that. Just, uh. Nice. A lot of a lot of moving parts going on. Chris is getting some stuff. Chris is sending me some stuff. Like things are going everywhere. So nice. That's the way to do it, man. Tis the season. Yes. 
Um, but other than that, everything from Daytona is still doing really well. Like everything's no signs of any issues so far. No signs of mites. Everything's eaten at least twice, probably Excellent. three times. So Excellent. Everything's rocking and rolling there. Cool, um, I was also saying before you hopped on that uh, I'm very seriously considering swapping out that Cambro rack that I have, that like seven foot monstrosity, swapping that out with like two stacks of four XT3s. Okay. Um, I was talking to Jen about that and then getting rid of the damn rack that I keep having issues with. That's not a black box rack. And that's why yeah. I'm having issues with it. It's because it's not a black box rack. Um, yep. So uh probably going to be making my way up to the uh Atlanta area at some point here in the next couple weeks good stuff um yeah but other than that it's pretty much business as usual what are you smoking on tonight i won't lie my allergies been kind of killing me so i got this little oliva i don't even know what the hell it is but i got two of them so we'll give them a try tonight i don't Oh, that's the yeah. special G. Yeah, a little yes. tiny guy. Yep. 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 You're right. G. Yep. Little Cameroon. Yeah. Banger. So we'll give a couple of these a try tonight. See I how my is working. Placencia Reserva Original. Oh, nice. Which is like they're I've talked about them before. This is yeah. like a ten dollar Toro, and all the other Placencia stuff outside of this line is fairly expensive, but this is like one of their best and it's the cheapest. I don't I don't know. It's just very, very, very tasty. Very sort of rustic flavor-wise. I kind of like it. It's like a classy lower-end placent because it's placentia. I mean, yeah. Y'all ever mess with Kentucky Fire Cured by Drew Estate? Uh, yes, we have. Yeah. I went through a phase with those where I was really into them, and then over time, I don't know if it's Ardbeg or whatever that ruined them for me, but I don't know. I like them every now and then as a change-up, but uh, there was a point in time where I was smoking a lot of them. Yeah, Smitty gave me his last of them. He's like, dude, I'm sick. I can't do these things anymore. I said, I'll take them, and I smoked them, and they're great. And I think it's kind of like people who drink PD scotch or they drink pdt yeah. yep you you do it for a little while and then you give yourself a break you know whether it be a couple months or a year or whatever and then you go back to it so that's kind of how i feel about it yeah yeah that's pretty accurate um but the agenda this evening so for a while now since i did the the herp contingency plan after uh, justin wilbanks passed which is on the website i was like Man, I should totally get together like a checklist that people can print out. So it's hurricane season. Phil knows all about hurricanes. I know oh, all yeah. about hurricanes. We deal with them every year in some form or fashion, whether they actually hit us or they swing by us, whatever. Uh, it's stressful. So we were sort of talking today about what we wanted to talk about. And um, we're saving one topic in particular for when Kate, you know, Chris gets his shit together. The schedule comes on. Um, but I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to put together a list, like a checklist of stuff to grab for evacuations, whatever, just emergency yeah. preparedness in general with your animals and your collection. So we figured we'd just go ahead and make the list tonight because then we have the input of all of you that are here with us. Absolutely. Um, you know, hurricanes, we know what to do. Snowstorms, 
I don't know about you, Phil, but I'm sure there's things that I would I would not remember. Like there were things I would not think of. Same with wildfires. Same with tornadoes. Uh, tornadoes. I don't I don't know if you'd even really have time to get all your stuff together, but hurricanes you at least have a week so they're they're usually <laughs> it's, it's like being stalked by a by a by a snail yeah we yeah, know they're I mean, coming I, I feel like blizzards you know i feel like with blizzards and like big winter storms and obviously i don't live in a northern state so I, i'm no one to talk but from the few years that i did live up north i feel like you almost need two kits you need your your kit of like Okay, we're getting a big snowfall. We're getting uh, several inches, if not several, you know, feet, whatever. This is going to be my kit that is going to get used at least once, if not twice, every year. And then you have your oh my god, winter has come, Game of Thrones. I need a real kit, right? So, I mean, that's just my take on it. Yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know. I like my my whole sort of goal of having it available for people. And I'll have sort of a general list and then something more aimed at like hurricanes, wildfires, sure, storms, sure. that kind of thing, sort of broken down, I guess, by region. Yeah. Um, it's just so people can print it out and have it so that in the event that you do have to up and leave, you don't have to remember everything. You can just grab that list, go through and yep. check it, say, cool, I got everything that I need. You can add your own stuff to it, whatever. Uh, but basically just sort of just like what the, the contingency plan is, is take any of the guessing work and stuff uh out of it you know not have yeah. to really think about it so much because i know when it comes to like evac which honestly i haven't evacuated for a hurricane since i've moved here full-time um i don't think i've ever evac for a hurricane actually now that i think about it but it's stressful especially when you have family you got other pets you got all your important stuff, you know, your per, per, personal documents, social security cards, safes, like the general stuff that you keep locked oh, yeah. up in something. There's a lot of stuff to remember. There's a lot of things to think about. So to have a list where you can just break all this stuff down, uh, I think would help a lot of people. And if it, if it, if it does great, if no one ends up using it, whatever it's there, it's not like it's yeah. super labor intensive to create it. So, yeah. And a lot of the stuff could just be used for simple blackout. You know, you get a, a you get a normal summer storm per se, and a transformer blows, and you you're out for a day or two before whoever your local power company gets to fix it, or longer sometimes. You know, it, a lot of people think about the actual disaster at hand; they don't think about the aftermath. And you know, I've had friends down in South Florida where it wasn't even that bad of a storm. It was like a cat one cat two where let's be real people. We just kind of drink beer and hang out anyway, but they didn't have power for three, four months, you know, and everyone thinks, Oh, it's Florida. We got to figure out how to keep the animals cool. It, it's not it's the opposite. Once that low pressure comes through, it sucks out. Yeah, all the heat. Yeah. And like, I mean, it was like in the sixties after one storm. So just things like that. It is. It's odd. I don't know if you've ever. I mean, I'm sure you have. But during an actual hurricane, if you go outside, like in the eye, <laughs> incredibly comfortable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like minus the wind and like chaos, temperature wise, it's actually really nice. Like it's it's pretty much what I wish it would be all year. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, but let's see here. Um, I think we will just start with general. Supplies. Let me pull it up here so we can. 
Here we go. Yeah, I've heard that and said it feels nice before a tornado as well. That uh, that doesn't surprise me. So I'm just making this a checklist on Google Docs, and then I'll export it as a PDF whenever it's done, and then I'll upload it to the website as a downloadable file. Sounds good. Uh, so just general supplies. So the first thing I think of is like when I envision preparing for something like this, uh, it's usually like a 110 quart tub or something that I can reasonably fit in the back of the car with all the other stuff. So you do have to kind of consider you're going to have bags. You're going to have like just for your, your stuff while you're away. Well, let's, let's hold on. I, I like where you're going with this, but I feel like we're just making the general supplies list. Are we going to put everything in there? like everything that we can as a general supplies list, or are we going to make specific stuff, for example, like evacuation specific? I don't know. All right, well, let's, let's do this. Let's... So this was like general stuff, but like I look at it from the standpoint of, okay, I have an empty tub that I know is going to be my emergency <clears throat> prep. Like I'm just going to like a, like a bug out kind of kit sort of deal where sure, I sure. know everything's in it. I can pack it, throw it in the car and I know everything's in there. Okay, because like I, I think personally, like for me, a lot of the stuff I try and bag it, especially if I don't have to worry about them biting each other through the bags, because it, it, lizards too, you bag lizards, whatever. Oh yeah, I'm not even talking about the animals. Yeah. Space. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm jumping yeah. the gun. Jumping yep. the gun. So I'm talking like, how much water are you taking? Extra deli cups, extra paper towels, puppy pads, whatever you might need for bedding, like. You know what let's I mean? Start, let's start jotting that stuff down, right? All right. So you're saying great stuff. <laughs> I love deli it. cups, or I guess containers in general. Would we say general? Just yeah. Containers. Containers. Because delis, delis can be expensive. Containers. Uh, let's see. Paper towels. You'll need those regardless of whether you're keeping the animals on them or not. Um. Let's see, water, because that would be something I just buy by the gallon and keep in my uh, tub. Yeah. You go into like particular slash. things too. Like, for example, a lot of people will fill up their bathtub because even though it may not taste the best, it's still potable and you know it's clean and mm -hmm. you could use it for whatever. So, here. So, I'll go up here. I'll add travel. Yeah. And then we'll add bathtub down the list. Well, we could do that for like, you know, you're staying, you're just out of power kind of thing. Um, definitely have tape of some kind, preferably something you could write on like painter's tape. Although mm -hmm. some, of, some of the painter's tape I find is a little weak and it will, it will, yeah, it'll, yeah. you know, fall off itself. So I would say something like masking mm -hmm. or, or electrical tape that's colored. Yep. Sharpies. Sharpies. That's something I got to have. Oh, yeah. Zip ties. I, oh yeah, zip ties. Zip ties. Zip ties, cable ties. And yes, oh. happy Labor Day, everybody. Um scissors. Is that something you'd have? Yeah. Or some absolutely. sort of blade. Yeah, absolutely. I would put scissors. 
Yeah, scissors are good. Or actually, what I have in my kit is actually a set of tin snips um, mm -hmm. because scissors, depending on the material you're trying to cut, the hinge point may be too weak and the blades will actually separate and you won't be able to cut through what you're trying to cut through. But tin snips, obviously, they're designed to cut through metal. So they'll cut through a bag, they'll cut through a plastic, they'll cut through zip tie, whatever. Right. Um, t -t -t trash bags? Yeah, we can go trash bags. Probably not sure. a bad thing to have around. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will definitely say temp gun because okay. you definitely want to check the inside of your tub, the outside of your tub, and it's battery powered. You can put it in your pocket if you're in a cold state. You know, the warmth of your body is going to, you know, prevent the electronics from getting messed up. You could check stuff. And there, Smitty's ahead of me with the heat pads and and, and cool pads, too, if, if need be. You know, if you're in the desert or you're out west or something. Yeah, I mean, we use heat. We take heat mats with us to Daytona every year because those hotel rooms are usually cool as hell. And so oh, we yeah. put, a, put one of the, like, ultra therm pads yep. in the drawer. And then it keeps the animal sort of nice and toasty. Yeah. If only the hotels knew. Cool pads, heat packs. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If you can go back up to bags, pillowcases, I'll put. Uh, I would like to say bring spares because there's been plenty of times when I've had an animal in the bag, and the first oh. couple hours they soil it, right? Yep. So. I would just take the animal out, swap bags, and then I can wash that bag later or throw it away or whatever. Heat packs. It's, it's good to have at least two or three extra bags to just in case. Bio packs. Because that's so that's the weird thing. I don't know about for you, but in South Carolina here, hurricane season, um, it's fall, but it's still warm. Yeah. So it's not quite cold. But it's it's not definitely it's definitely not summer heat still. Um, so heat packs, cold packs, that's going to depend on what you're dealing with. Uh, painters tape. Let's see. The black binder clips that they sell at Staples. That's not a bad one to add. And I yeah, can't actually, see the chat, so you, you I, need to. Yeah. Shout them out to me if you see yeah, it. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep my appeal. I'm put binder clips. Because those might even be handy to have just to just to have them. Maybe you get a maybe you have a container and the lid doesn't stick as well. Like those Dollar Tree tubs are pretty hit or miss sometimes with how, how well the lids fit. So yeah. we'll add one of those in there. I'll also say that uh, if you're doing venomous stuff or big constrictors, you may even want to just get an actual lock, you know, like a padlock or mm -hmm. a luggage, a luggage suitcase lock, something that can, you know, is definitely not going to be tampered with, you know, by by family members or by strangers or even just, you know, driving in the car and stuff bounces around and pops open, you know. So. Uh, or even just to keep your uh your larger container shut. Yeah. Um. Yep. 
desert creature says speaking of venomous snake hooks <laughs> snake hooks and tongs definitely um i wouldn't go crazy because remember we're trying to keep it concise but if you have something that needs uh protective equipment then i would highly recommend you don't forget it you know i can't i can't see people forgetting it but you know what it's good to put on the list anyway so remember this is meant to be a grab and check yeah. it off and go exactly um ooh 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 uh surge protector yeah yep make that plural as well extension cord and i also think it's good to just mention obviously we don't have to put on the list but a lot of people who don't travel with animals a lot or don't deal with natural disasters or semi-natural disasters on a pretty frequent basis the beauty of our animals that we keep is that they are very resilient and with the exception of some key species they're perfectly fine living in a bag or a deli cup for a few days if not a week as long as conditions are okay and 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 they're not overly hot overly cold or you know they don't get dehydrated because of that most of our animals can survive and i feel like a lot of people they tend to stress when uh, they're moving and they have to stay in a hotel. Well, now I have to bring a whole setup for my for my one leopard gecko. No, you're, the animals are going to be fine. You know, we ship animals all the time, and granted, shipping them in a box is, is a 24-hour or 18-hour thing. But they are going to be okay for longer than that, providing they're healthy and providing the temperatures are correct and providing that they were hydrated and, and, and fed adequately before all this happens so just peace of mind for everybody though i will say that's having either like small um like condiment cups or something for water if you're having stuff in tubs sure sure i don't know what do you what's the official name for those uh ramekin no i mean like disposable like plastic ones oh that you get in like the sleeve what would you call those? Like shot glass cups? I mean, no, not shot glass cups. Things they put jello shots in. Yeah. I don't know, like one ounce deli cups. I'm looking it up. Yeah, Billy Jenkins says you better have a bin to put all this stuff in. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, one ounce delis. <clears throat> One OZ Jelly Cups. Uh, spare feeders. What do you think about that? Um, Depends on where you're going, what you're doing. Uh, crickets die real quick. Worms die real quick. Rats, Um, if you're bringing your rat colony with you or your mouse colony because you breed your own feeders, that's completely different. Um, I would not worry about bringing frozen food items. I'm thinking uh, more like mealworms, things like that. Yeah, I mean, you could if you really needed to, but I feel like the animals know. that are eating that for the week or so or less that they're going to be messed up. I don't, I don't think it necessarily is merited, but mm -hmm. you know, teach their own. Everyone takes care of themselves differently, you know. We'll, feed, we'll put that at the at the list somewhere farther down. Sure, sure. I will say this too: is that if you know a blizzard's coming, or you know a hurricane's coming, 
it may be best to not feed your snakes that week, you know, especially yeah. if you're going to be picking them up and transporting them. And, you know, if the hurricane's landing on Friday, don't feed them on Wednesday or Thursday, you know, just food for thought. Flashlight. Oh, yeah, definitely a flashlight. Uh, Anna Maria said latex gloves. Yeah, couldn't hurt. Could not hurt. Especially if you're Chris Payne Chapman. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> syringes i i mean if you really need to i would but i'm i'm yeah. not gonna bring them i feel like especially with everything else that could go wrong or might go wrong it's probably best yeah. to not bring them we got binder clips on there uh I will say this: paperwork oh. and licenses, if need be. Oh, good call. Any kind of paperwork that you think is necessary for your travel, whether it be state licenses or pedigree paperwork, whatever you feel that is, you know, necessary, definitely bring that along. Um, hemostats. Yeah, we could do that. That would probably be handy. That's something I'd rather I'd rather have and not need than need and not have. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm literally looking at my pile of stuff over here, thinking if I mean, there's anything you, I'm missing. We've covered everything that I got in my kit, so that's that's pretty much it for me, at least. Okay. I'm trying to think of some of the venomous stuff that I have. That I mean. Other than like bite protocols and stuff, which that could be covered in your paper, mm -hmm. I really don't have anything that I don't have anything that I could think of that would be extra for this particular type of list, you know. All right, so then people out west, what are we missing when you're dealing with the dryness? Maybe a little spray bottle if need be. I don't know. Yeah. Billy Jenks is going to be like Magnum condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you do this? Why don't you uh, read down the list one more time? Uh, so far, we have containers, paper towels, water, uh, bags slash pillowcases, plus spares, tape, sharpies, zip ties, scissors, trash bags, temp gun, hot heat slash cooling pads, heat packs, cryo packs, binder clips, lock. Uh, in relation to venomous slash large constrictors, hook or hooks, surge protector, extension cords, one ounce deli cups, flashlight, disposable gloves, paperwork slash licenses, hemostats, and spray bottles. But something like paperwork, I feel like, should be at the top. Like that should be like the first thing. Aside from the animals, obviously. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, I guess it didn't copy it. Damn it. 
Cooperate. Harry says anything special for animals that are prone or sensitive to stress. Um, I think that's a great idea. I have actually got black pillowcases and like old black t-shirts that I use to cover stuff up. Um, if I, let's say I do have certain animals in deli cups and I don't want them to see what's going on. It's really easy to throw an old black t-shirt over it, you know, so that I don't know if that's where he was going with it, but that's an idea that I I've used before. Hydrometers, spag. That's oh, not a bad. Yeah, yeah. Can't hurt to have spag if you need it. And I would definitely say, uh, going back spag. to water, if you have an animal that needs particular water, i.e., amphibians or uh, you know aquatic species, definitely have some water treatment stuff. If you don't have the correct bottled or containered water. So maybe put like some dechlorinizer. Is that the right word? Dechlorinizer? Dechlor yeah. Chlorinator. Dechlorinator. Yeah. Water conditioner, if anything. Good one. Um, we did put spray bottle on there, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh what about like disinfectant. Oh yeah. Especially if you're like living out of a a hotel room or a friend's house or something and you want to spray down or wipe out some deli cups, I would definitely say get some, you know, at least two uh, already uh, already measured out, already, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mixed uh, uh, F10 or... You can get those uh, those Santa wipes. Yeah, yeah, that could work too. Sandy, sandy cloth. Sandy cloth or a chlorhexidine. You know, I'm a chlorhexidine guy. That's what I use. Zep. I'm team Zep, man. Love that stuff. Um, yeah, paper towels, puppy pads. Yeah, if if that's what you're using, but again, you're not you're not setting stuff up per se. You know what I mean? So if you want to put a puppy pad at the bottom of a big tub with a big nah. constrictor, maybe yeah. to help soak some stuff up. But we'll add it to the list just in case. Yeah, some people hurt. may need them. So what we can. I guess at some point, like well, I guess when we're done, we can I can separate this into stuff that, yeah, most people are going to need, and then maybe some other stuff that might be uh, as not not as essential, but yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I just thinking of? I know if I walked into my room right now, I within like two seconds, I'd see like ten things I could add to the list. Oh, yeah, of course. That's how it always works. And we can always add to this list later on. We can, yeah. Um, I don't know, spare bedding, because, I mean, that kind of falls in the same category as puppy pads. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in current herpetoculture, with the, aside from aquatic stuff, that you couldn't use paper towels or swag for, you know? Mm-hmm. And both of those things are multi-use and lightweight. So, THN shirt plus hat.
So Harry, Harry, yeah, Harry asks, do the disinfectants uh, store okay after being mixed? I guess if you knew a storm was coming, you could whip up a gallon right then. I think that I think that a lot of those disinfectants last way longer than people say they do. Like, for example, yeah. you know, I, I use chlorhexidine and I have a gallon jug that's probably, oof, I don't even know. It's probably two or three years old and it still has the color. It hasn't lost its viscosity. Now, granted, I don't have a microscope. I'm not really seeing if it's quote unquote working, but it definitely kills mold real quick and wipes stuff out real well. So. And F10, you know, you, you mix that in its own container as you go. Yeah. So, yeah. The Zep, I like that because you don't mix it at all. I just pour it straight. I think some people dilute it. I just pour it straight in my spray bottle. And that stuff, I don't worry about it at all. So Sure, sure. Um, really, the only thing that you would need to worry about being more sensitive, and I mean, if you're using it, you probably already know this, but ivermectin is very light sensitive. Um peroxide hydrogen peroxide that's light sensitive that's why it's in a dark bottle would peroxide be a good one and um i feel like if you've got sandy wipes or, or chlorhexidine i think that's good yeah. enough i feel like hydrogen peroxide is so what's the word i'm looking for it loses its gusto so quick whether it be mm -hmm. you know evaporation or you know converting to water so to speak whatever you want to call that i don't know i, I feel like that's too eh, maybe too much who i would want to know but I think this is a, a really good list. I think it's really good. See, I'm just trying to think of stuff more, you know, us being more snake guys than anything else. I try to think of when I was dealing with Crested's, like I'd have yeah. a bag of Pangea or something in my uh, diets. I'll add that in there. Yeah, but if you if you put Crested's in a deli cup for four days or whatever, is and they don't have food for four days or a week, would that really mess them up? I mean, I'm asking. Not uh, I mean, they'd probably be okay, but because a bag of Pangea isn't going to take up any more space than okay, good you point. Know, good point. A handful of napkins or something. Yeah, yeah. And if you have point. tortoises and things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, etc. Um. Ooh, two pages. Like with the Ackies, I don't know what I'd do with the Ackies if I had to take those. Keeping them heated would be they'd be they'd be chilly for a few days. Yeah, I think you putting a heat pack in there with them wouldn't hurt, you know. And they could if they want to sit on it, they could, but it, it's not going to affect them that much. Because uh, some of these, um, like I want to add times. Come on. Do what I say, machine. This wireless keyboard struggles sometimes. Times and then dot, 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 dot. And then people can write in whatever they want to write in. Yeah. Times, dot, dot, dot. May spread these out a little more, too. I'll be right back. Okay. That way you can write this down, how many you need, and then you can just count them up and make sure they're in there.
keep them at room temperature, no problem. There we go. There's Alan. <laughs> Travel humidor full of Fuente Hemingways. Portion cups. Alan, what do you guys do when you're dealing with like wildfire kind of stuff? Like, what do you do to, if you have to evacuate, what are you grabbing that maybe we don't think about here on the East Coast because we don't worry about our state going up in flames? Boop, boop, boop. I feel like I'm forgetting something major. It's driving me crazy. Contact list of friends, a backup cell battery. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Come on, keyboard. Maybe the batteries are dying. Ice. Contacts. This. Um. Car keys. Yeah. This whole thing's struggling now. What the hell? There we go. Change your batteries? No, I don't. I haven't changed them since I got this thing, so it's probably due, but. Um, so I have one of those, um, <clears throat> jumper pack things. It's like the size of a, of a brick. Right. And that has the ability to charge things and power things. And that thing's been a friggin' lifesaver more, more than one occasion. Oh yeah. I don't know. I feel like the backup cell battery thing slash power option is something that you would have in just your general like get the hell out of dodge yeah yeah kind of stuff yeah i feel like we should really keep this list to herp specific hmm. i think we got most of it man i mean i'm sure we're gonna add some stuff later on but that's like yeah. That's, that is the general supplies list, you know? Yeah. This thing is killing me. Yeah, so, like I said, I don't know for you, but for me, I just envision having a, a tub, like, that has almost all that stuff that I know I need in it that's just ready to just grab and go, like, just have it filled up packed up so you literally just have to grab that maybe have your uh checklist there on top of it and you know everything's already in there but anything else yep um 
And then as far as the animals go, see, it would be, it's easy with the small stuff, all the baby corns and whatnot, and all the small rat snakes, but then it's like the adult chondros and, and whatnot. That's a little trickier. Um, you could bag them up and then, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily have like a separate tub with those in it inside of said larger tub, but I don't know. Well, like what I've done before is I've had a small backpack, like a lot, like the little the little backpacks that a lot of girls use as purses nowadays, and that backpack would be all the supplies per se, you know, a roll of paper towels, some extra snake bags, all the dry stuff that we talked about, all the tools and equipment, and all that in there, and then my actual big tub tubs that's got the actual animals per se. Maybe the maybe store the heat packs in there too for you know temp uh, for um, environmental control or whatever. Um, and then with me, uh, I've got some venomous stuff that is too big to add to that communal tub, like big gaboons, big puffs, stuff like that. Right. So I actually have extra hot boxes, which uh, minor old minor wooden crates that have a hinge door on the top. They say danger venomous reptile on them. They have an actual padlock, you know, metal locking mechanism that I could put a padlock through. Um, they have, you know, double screen quarter inch ventilation so that, you know, fangs can't get through the screen. Um, and what I've done is I've bagged the individual snake in a pillowcase and then put that one snake in that one hot box. So, yes, I will have multiple boxes, but at least now it's one animal per container. It's wooden or plastic. A lot of people will actually go to Home Depot and they'll buy the um, it's basically a, a, a crappy little black plastic toolbox with little yellow or orange mm-hmm. locks on it. Um, and they'll just drill air holes in that and use that as a as a venomous hot box. You could do that, too. Um, and I also done uh, stacking containers within containers so for example let's say i have um let's say i've got some big boids right and i bag the boids and they go on the bottom of the tub because they're really not going to care if i put another tray full of delis or a tray full of snake bags on top of them yeah the only thing is though you got to make sure it's a good fit because i've also had it where that boa decided to stretch and flip that tray over and now there's just deli cups thrown in there loose yeah so you got to be definitely be mindful of that. But I think having extra containers in that regard and doing containers within containers can be very helpful in certain situations. And, and never underestimate how big an animal is, even if it is stuffed in a bag. What do you think about having um, like a, a bucket, like a separate bucket? So I have mine right here that has the, the screw on. It's a five-gallon bucket with a screw-on lid. No, yeah, I have or one. a second, like another tub in the event that you have to take something out, like if it's in a bag and it soils that bag and you have to transfer it out. That's a given. Is that something you would have? Absolutely. Venomous so, stuff or what? Like yeah. a- so I don't carry around the those wooden crates anymore just because they're so big and clunky. Um, I have a seven gallon bucket. Uh, they sell them some hardware stores like Ace and True Value. They'll have them. Home Depot no longer carries them because they exclusively carry their their orange five gallon that they make. Um, but you can buy them on Amazon. I bought mine on Amazon. It's a seven gallon bucket. And the beauty of it is it's just that much taller. So if I'm bagging a snake using that 
bucket and I'm using alligator clips or I just fold the bag over. Exactly. You, you got it. And see that sticker there. I also have that on Amazon and that I have the same stickers on my white seven gallon bucket with the screw on lid and I drilled air holes and uh, I was a little neurotic and see how Smitty has the air holes there. Um, because of, because of venomous, I don't have those air holes because I don't want people, God forbid something gets loose in that bucket. I don't want people to be grabbing the bucket and being bit. So what I've done is there's actually two air holes in the top that I well, used. I tried to get them as close to under the lip as possible. Okay. Yeah. Very so They weren't as exposed. Like I did it. Like I, when I drilled them, I did it in an angle or tried mm -hmm. to. Some of right. them were better than others, but. So what I've done is on the lid, I've actually drilled two bigger air holes that are realistically probably about the diameter of a, a neonate corn snake. And the reason why I initially did it was because I can run a zip tie through that. And then now I can unscrew the lid by hand and then use a snake hook to lift up the zip tie to take the lid off. So I don't actually have to put my hands on it. And then at the same time, on top of that, I drilled like Smitty did at an angle where I actually can put zip ties through the lid to lock the lid shut so it can't be unscrewed or pried off. And then you can get these stickers. I think I got this off eBay or Amazon. It's like an, an 11 by 11 or something. It's yeah. massive. And it, you can get that off, off the internet. Yeah, I literally have the exact same bucket. So that's the bucket that lives in my car. Do you have it in both that... English and Spanish? No, no, no. Just English. Just English. And... um. And inside that bucket is multiple uh, snake bags and Fiji water bottles, just in case. Of course. So, yeah. And I mean, and dude, when we were in West Texas, you know, we had our bucket that we brought with us and the, the one I bought at Home Depot and uh, used my pocket knife to make air holes because we didn't have a drill in the bush. And uh, how many times on that trip did we dump out the contents to throw a rattlesnake in there just to take a photo, you know, just to, to contain it? So <clears throat> I imagine if you have a snake or a lizard that's a little unwieldy and is not cooperative and has soiled its container, you could throw it in the bucket. It's tall enough that in theory it won't shoot out too quick mm -hmm. and kind of go from there. Yeah, that's that's the bucket I used whenever I'd clean venomous when I was keeping my Aatrox. And... Yeah. They're great, man. Those seven gallons are where it's at. Yeah, oh, yeah. I kind of wish I had one of those because the five gallons nice and all, but that Aatrox got to a point where it could come right back out of that bucket after a while, and I was like, okay, it's a little more stressful now, but oh, when yeah. it was small, it was easy because I didn't have to worry about it, you know, peekabooing back out. And uh... Yeah, and so many people, they take for granted what they have when they clean the animal's enclosure at home whether it be a venomous trash can, the big Rubbermaid ones, or it's another enclosure or another drawer in the rack where you keep it empty just to put the animal for cleaning, or you take the animal out and you hold the animal while you clean. Well, if you're in a snowstorm or you're out with, you know, torrential downpour rain or it's after a hurricane or whatever, earthquake, God forbid, you may not be able to hold that animal. So you need to have the other containers to put them in, i.e. the bucket or extra bags mm -hmm. or whatever to fix what you got to fix yeah and ideally so with the the having the bin with all the supplies in it that's ready to go i ideally i'd have basically two of those one that just has animals in it and then the one that has the supplies in it uh obviously whatever car you're using is going to dictate how much space do you have for these kind of things so you may have to right. sort of pick and choose but um because like i said you're also taking into consideration not only the stuff you have in the animals like in the stuff for them but you know 
clothes and whatnot, toiletries, whatever for the week. Because usually, anytime I when I when I do evac, which I haven't, but I'm saying when I will or whenever I have to, I'm pretty much just going to plan to be gone for a week. Because so many times we've seen it here, people evacuate and then they try to come back too early, and they're not letting anybody back into the county yet. Yeah. Yep. So then people are all upset and it's like just plan to and then traffic alone on the way back when everyone's you have an entire half of a state, at least here in South Carolina, that is all migrating in the same direction, more or less. Which oh, yeah. means all those people are going to be migrating back the same direction. So traffic gets stupid. So I usually just plan to be gone for an extra day or two past whenever, you know, they clear everybody to come back because it's like traffic's going to be so horrendous that you might as well just take a vacation, like take time off. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I end up packing up and going to Tennessee or something, like I'm just going to hang out. I'm not going to go to Tennessee and sit there for two days and be like, okay, we got to go back. Like I'm just going to go ahead and hang out there for a week. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there shouldn't be any rush to get home. Um, if your stuff's jacked up, it's going to be jacked up whether you're there or not, you know, like at, exactly. at the end of the day, it is just stuff and it is stressful, but, We've been really fortunate. I mean, I know Florida has had a much uh, more severe history with with hurricanes, but where where I am in the sort of the armpit of the southeast, where you know that curve of Georgia and Florida go up and stuff, we're kind of tucked in there. And knock on wood, we uh, we usually don't get hit too bad by a lot of them. Matthew was the last really bad one we had, uh, and I think I didn't evacuate for that one either. Um, the girls did, I didn't. And I was, we were without power for, I want to say almost a week. Yeah. So it was, bring books too, just as a general thing. <laughs> yeah, books and candles. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't leave, you're not going to have power. That's when a, that little charger brick thing that I had came in handy. Cause I could plug my phone into it uh, and it would slowly charge it. But, it just basically kept it alive more than anything else. So that, and then having books, because if you don't have power, you ain't got nothing else to do. It gets pretty boring, pretty quick. Oh yeah. And, uh, if you got a herp library, that's a good time to catch up on it. So very much so very much. So what about you? Have you had any serious, have you evac for a hurricane ever Florida man? No, I have I have not yet <laughs> I have not yet evacuated for a hurricane. I am not luckily I am not in a flood zone. I am surrounded by canals and, and I'm actually really lucky is that my neighborhood all the power grid is underground. So You're not in a flood zone because of those canals. <laughs> correct. Cor yeah, very correct. Very correct. Um and the few times that I have lost power it's only been for a couple days, uh which is no big deal for the animals the species that I keep. Um I will say this, though, you know, having venomous, I have strict protocols to what I have to do prior to a hurricane. Um, everything has to be removed from its enclosures and containered, labeled. Those containers have to be locking and then they have to be placed in an inner room of the home that's away from any windows. So i.e., a laundry room or a bathroom, they have to be elevated off the ground. And uh, it sucks when you don't exactly know when it's coming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. you know the hurricane's come, but it's going to come Friday night. It's coming Friday right. morning because it changes so much too. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you get you get a good heads up with hurricanes, but just like with the weather, any other 
day of the week or time of the year, you know, they'll say a hundred thunderstorms going to be here by noon and then noon shows up. And they're like, Oh, it's, it's shifted to, you know, three o'clock or tonight or tomorrow morning, you know, like that right. same thing happens with hurricanes all the time. They're like, yeah, it's going to hit Tuesday. Like Monday night rolls around and they're like, Oh, it's actually going to be here Wednesday morning. Right. And it, you know, it'll continue to shift until it is actually like there. Uh, but what, I mean, what kind of containers are you having to put them in this lockable? Like what do you, those wooden crates I told you about. You just bag everything up and put them in that. Yep. So, uh, so everything, um, if it's deli cupable, I'll deli cup it. And then those deli cup stuff goes into a, a gasket tub that I have padlocks on. Um, and then everything that's bagged will get put into those wooden crates with padlocks. And then they get put in the inner room. Um, and I, I never tell people with venomous to rush. Never, ever right. rush. But if you know that you have a cobra that is a pain in the ass to bag, don't allot yourself 10 minutes. If you, so if you, if you know that flat out, if you had to bag everything in your room and it was going to take you two hours, give yourself three. What's, what's the extra hour that the snake's in the bag? You know what I mean? And if you finish early, that's fine. You have more time to do other things. So I always tell people, don't rush, but have an idea of how long it takes you to do certain things so that you can map out and, and, and do time management appropriately, especially if you have something coming that's going to be nasty, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I basically figure that I can do my entire room in around two hours if I really had to. And that's me taking my time and labeling everything and double bagging stuff. Um, oh, because like deli cups and stuff, I don't really worry about too much. Um, but like snake bags, oh, I, I'm double bagging them because I, I, I don't want to trust it. You yeah. know, and I, I, I don't if I'm going like to your house, I'm going to I'm going to tie the bag, whether it's venomous or not. Right. But like if it's for this, it gets zip tied. I do two zip ties. So, and then everything's marked danger, venomous reptile, the value of how many animals are in the bag. Cause sometimes two or three animals go in one bag. And, uh, at the same time, the scientific name and the common name all in Sharpie on, and I do that. I do danger, venomous reptiles on the body of the bag below where the tie would be. And then the actual names and stuff that gets at the very tip of the top of the bag with where it's coming out the top. So that way, if I want to pick it up or someone wants to pick it up, they can pick it up by the safe part of the bag and not have to touch the actual bag itself and risk being bitten through the fabric. Now, would you rather that or would you rather do something where you get like a more or less like a luggage tag with like a, like a Velcro strap or something to add around it or no, because into the because, bag with it? No, because that stuff can get ripped off. Okay. I want I want Sharpie marker on the actual fabric. That way, it's not gonna it's not gonna fall off. I'm not gonna lose mm-hmm. it. If it gets wet, it's not gonna smear. You know what I mean? Because it's like a, yeah, a white yeah. or tan snake bag with black sharpie. Nothing's happened to that. Um, I do have all my cloud forest design labels that have the anti venom mm-hmm. stuff. Those will get ripped off and thrown in there with them. You know, not in the bag, but in the in the container with them. Yeah. Um, as an extra precautionary measure. And then my bite protocol, that's all in one binder. So that whole binder that'll get thrown in the, in the big tub or with the equipment. And that goes into the room or into the vehicle or what have you. Gotcha. So, Yeah. And I, I mean the whole moving them into a windowless part of the uh, house or, you know, what have you, basically that's, that's FWC wanting to make sure that if, there is Straight, serious damage I mean, to dude. Straight coconuts make 
bad stuff, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I'm lucky that, you know, all of our buildings around here, they're all concrete. They're all concrete block, you know. So I don't I don't worry too much in that regard. Um, but you, you have to be prepared. You have mm-hmm. to you have to have some kind of protocol and contingency plans and emergency contact stuff, you know. Yeah. And it's it's there's really only been a handful of hurricanes in history that have been strong enough to like level buildings my biggest concern is almost always trees falling on the house like that's yeah that's my number one fear when it comes to the the house like flooding shouldn't happen will it can it sure but we have so many trees and stuff around here especially giant pines and whatnot and if that ground starts getting super saturated a lot of them start falling over so oh yeah fortunately we had a massive one in our backyard we got that taken out uh at the beginning of the year maybe the end of last year and that was always like hurricane season last year and the year before that i was like man if like that's the that was the one tree i was worried about because i was like if that thing falls in our direction it's going like straight down the middle of the house the length of it like that thing was huge and uh that's always my my biggest concern is is trees falling on the house yeah yeah oh i wish we had someone like what's that so everything else is is not nearly as much of a concern. But. Yeah, I wish we had someone in the group chat that could comment on Blizzard stuff. You know, you know, I know Fadi just had his episode on Davy's Roundtable of the blackout stuff in Canada. Yeah, and I know that was that was a big deal for for what was it, almost all of Ontario and Quebec. I have no idea. I'm out of the loop on that. Yeah, major major. Uh, a storm that was not supposed to be as crazy as it was and then it turned into like storm of the century type storm mm-hmm. and they had major power grids out all across eastern canada and i don't know if prince edward island and like nova scotia got hit because they're like their own entities you know right um but i know most of ontario and i think all of quebec got it pretty mm-hmm. damn good so yeah and that would be a, a concern for me um is being able to heat everything, you know, because yeah. if you don't have power, temperature starts dropping pretty quick, and it may only be a couple degrees warmer inside than it is outside if it's a prolonged period of time. So, yeah, I did have uh, Christian Parr did an article uh, about in the in the magazine one of the last issues about uh, like emergency preparedness and basically getting a generator and sort of things to prepare if if you end up being in that situation uh i mean you can only have so many heat packs and stuff i guess and given how how many people have had issues with heat packs in recent years with some of them just being duds or whatever um that's a lot of heat packs to have on hand just to make sure you have them and that they're operational you know oh yeah robert said it's about the same up there so he lives in the great white north which is anywhere above Virginia, in my opinion. North of the Mason-Dixon. Sure. Hmm. But yeah, I think uh, I think that the most prepared you can be is the most prepared you can be is to think outside the box. And like Smitty said earlier, it's I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You know. 
Yeah, Robert said, when I first moved to PA, we had the Ice Storm of the Century. Lost most of my collection. Definitely need a generator. <clears throat> Which generators yeah. are just, I mean, down here during hurricane season, it's pretty nice to have a generator where you can still run your fridge and sort of the basics. Yeah. Um, my parents invested in one of like the permanent ones, I guess. So like if the power goes out, they don't even notice it. Like the generator catches it long before they even really? see it. And so it's like completely seamless. It's wild. Crazy. Inverter for the car to plug in heat for extended periods, staying in the car. That's actually a really good one. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. You want to add that one? Sure. Only thing in Vancouver to worry about is fall slash spring windstorms, fires in the summer for the rest of British Columbia. Very interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about that, just the whole herp contingency thing that we put together a while back um, last night. I don't know. Just thinking about like um, how quickly everything can can sort of disappear in the oh, thought yeah. of being in Katie's position if something were to happen to me where it's like all of a sudden I mean it would be a little easier for her because she knows everybody you know in our in our circle and I sure. trust that you guys would take that and run with it yeah um, but to be in the position like where somebody else where you're not involved in the hobby and you don't really know the, the people that maybe your your person um knows or talks to you regularly and already dealing with the, the chaos of having to deal with funeral stuff and everything else, like not knowing what to do with these animals, what they're worth, like who they should go to, who you can trust, like just, just, it's another whole extra layer of chaos to add into an already chaotic situation. Yeah. Yeah. I know my, uh, my late mentor, uh, he passed away and his, his wife was a herper. And she knew how to take care of everything and she knew venomous stuff. And she was Marianne. She's awesome. And uh, she's, she's living uh, retired in Tampa now, but there was a good few days where she was like, okay, this person, this person, this person come in. I want you to take this. I want you to take that. Uh, you know, Oh, you want this? Take it. You want that? Take it. And Hey, Phil, you're going down to South Florida. Uh, take this venomous and consign it. And that's what I wound up doing. So I took a bunch of her venomous down to underground and we put some of that stuff up for sale. And I kept a few, kept a few things for myself. And, uh, and she was, she was really lucky that not only did she know how to take care of everything that she did want to wind up, that she did want to keep. Um, but she did have a, a good handful of us to, to help her. Not want to say get rid of, but move the animals that were not going to be kept. If that makes sense. Um, and also, when we were doing the venomous classes pretty heavy, uh, at least once every year or two, I would do a uh, what I call the spouse class. 
And basically we would get together at somebody's house and we would have a beer and hang out and everyone brings their roommate, brings their girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, whoever it was that is not a venomous person. And we would go over all the what ifs because if something happens, whether it's a bite or it's God forbid an escape or just something happens in general. I mean, it could be a car crash. Who knows? Anything, right? God forbid um, that significant other, that other person, that spouse, whatever knows what to do next. And it, we would mostly cover bite stuff. So if uh, the animal is not contained, what do you do? You know, are you, are you trained to contain it? Uh, is the room escape proof? If it is, are you locking the door and calling someone like myself to come catch it while you go to the hospital or whatever? Um, and at the same time, what if you walk in and that person's out cold on the floor? What do you do? Yeah. Um, and that's why I really think it's a great thing with the cloud forest design uh, anti-venom labels that I made because it, it tells you what the animal is. It gives a picture of the animal, tells you where it's from and what anti-venoms to use. And uh, a significant other or a roommate or whoever can grab that, 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 ven that, that venom anti-venom label and go with you to the hospital and call it a day. Um, but it's also good to have an idea of some first aid stuff. So mm -hmm. if there is panic ensued or there is anaphylaxis setting in or whatever, you know, you know, okay, this is a neurotoxic venom. I need to wrap the appendage in an ACE bandage and go to the hospital, you know, things like that. And to, you know, oh, this is a crotalid. I need to not wrap it. I need to not contain the venom. I need to elevate the limb and, get the hell out of Dodge, things like that. Um, I think it's very helpful. And obviously not everyone's keeping venomous, but the same thing goes for any of our animals. You know what I mean? You know, imagine if Katie didn't know that she could, you know, pick up a chance and I like, yeah, it's probably going to bite her, but she knows nothing's going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Or, or a corn or a bird's or whatever, you know, and th those, those are things that need to be discussed with these people. So what do you what do you think about having so as as inexpensive as like nanny cams and the wise cameras have become just in general not even necessarily from the perspective of someone who's who's living with you know you if you're keeping venomous or whatever but just as a keeper yourself instead of having like a window in a room or if you can't if you don't have a window into the room have one of those nanny cams be able to check in on that and scan the room because those sure. the the ways uh, those they pivot like they have you can control it on your phone and it'll do oh, almost yeah. a hundred and eighty degree uh, spin. Yeah, like, I think what it's are your, great. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's great. I think it, it can't hurt. Um, it can't hurt. And I mean, my room. I'm not. I'm not too concerned uh, for, for a couple of reasons. For one, I'm the only one that goes in there. And two, the way that the door is and my door sweep, that if there is something on the other side of the door, by the time the door hits it, it's either going to hit it or it's going to scare it and it's going to haul ass the other direction in mm -hmm. theory. So like, I don't worry about that stuff too much, but if you have a room with a lot of animals and someone else is going in there, it, it, it would be great to be able to see what you're walking into. You know, as Scott has it best, S Scott and Ty have a window into the, right. into the in the door. Like, that's the way to do it. You know, um, I've even seen it where guys have a window at the top 
to look in the room and they have a window at the bottom because depending on how tall the door is or how tall the window is, you can't see if something is up against the door. Right. So it, it can't hurt to have that too. I mean, obviously you have to have a special door for that, but yeah, I think the camera would be great. And you don't have the camera per se facing f- away from the door. You have it facing at the door. So if there is a rattlesnake or well, I mean, a having it, boa, yeah, having it mounted so that you can do a whole sweep of the room before you go in to double check anything. Right, I mean, right. some people may not take the time to actually pull up the app and do that, but it just it seems like hurt. a cheap $25 solution to a, yeah. to a you know, pretty easily uh, solvable problem. But, yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like after my biggest thing with the contingency plan was just making sure that people know who to go to in the event that that something happens to you and you don't, you know, because yeah. uh, frankly, a lot of when these things happen, vultures tend to show up. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, I. I kind of saw it with, with Will Banks and some of his chondros. There was people that were sort of swarming that, and it's like, Jesus Christ, you know? Uh, so having that list of people, like, this is who I want you to talk to about these animals and where I want them to go. Right. Whether they right. keep them or they end up parting with them, whatever, but these are the people you need to talk to. You know, obviously, Jake, being local, he's at the top of the list. Right. Um, but then I think I have Billy on mine. I need to look at mine. Um, I think you're on there. I need to double check, but just like even I, and it's not a legally binding document or anything either, but just the fact of having that there. And then I have it set so that you can list what animals go to who, you know, you can separate it out. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I yeah. And just, I mean, I, I had the talk with Anna Maria and basically if something happens to me, uh, obviously my roommate is here. He knows how to handle venomous, but he's not a keeper. You know, that's not his MO. Um, so I would have uh, basically, God forbid, Anna Maria would contact Marcus and Henry. The two of them would whack up the venomous, do whatever they want to do with it, you know. And then uh, Marcus gets the Dramark on, and then Billy would come down and, or probably, yeah, Billy would probably come down and help Anna Maria bag all the harmless stuff. And that's it. And, you know, just keep it keep it easy and concise. And I don't have anything crazy expensive or rare like designer chondros mm-hmm. or anything. So I don't look at it in terms of, you know, people trying to get one over on my widow, you know, but I, I could see how that could very well be yeah. a big thing. Yep. You know, it's sad, but it's a reality of the, uh, the, the situation. It is. It is. It was just I yeah I don't know like I I know we've talked about this in the past and stuff but just like with Will Banks and that whole thing like I know his family didn't know anything about green trees or any of the stuff he had and it's like they didn't have a clue of who, who you know what they should do with it and you have a living thing that is dependent on other people for its survival and now you have people that don't know how to help it survive so it's it's kind of a shitty situation like oh it's like being dumped with a box full of kittens and you've never had a cat you know it's like well shit yeah exactly Um, and so having something that's just the same thing as the the checklist just grab and go you know look at that call these people have them sort it out you know 
right. instead of having a you know you have people blowing up your inbox saying what are they doing with this what's happening with this one what's happening with this one it's like meanwhile you're dealing with the loss of somebody yeah it's just the whole point of that was to help curb all of it towards like yeah. this is the point of contact if this happens and even if you just have something that says if something happens to me call this person it doesn't even have to be as as in depth as you know, multiple names and numbers and which animal goes to who. And yeah. Know, and that's, and that's, and that's why I, I told Anna Marie to, to, to do it that way, because obviously she, her and Billy have a very good rapport and he's the closest non-venomous friend I got around here. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I trust Marcus and Henry with all my venomous stuff and they can do what they want to do with it. You know, if they want to sell it, they sell it, whatever. Um, but I trust that they would be able to come and take care of it without Anna Maria have to worrying about anything or Peter have to having to worry about anything. You know what I mean? It just, it just makes yeah. it easy. I mean, the venomous thing is just another, another level of that whole thing. Right. You know, that's a completely different scenario almost where that, yeah. that where the people you choose are way more important than with non-venomous stuff you know and i'm I'm actually kind of surprised florida fish and wildlife doesn't have any sort of like there's no regulation on having some sort of list like that well there is i have to have it okay yeah so. but it's mostly just a point of contact of like this is yeah so so on site in my bite protocol binder i have my emergency contact list which is basically on there right now is just marcus um so he's the the official state emergency contact um, I have my vet on there. I have my personal emergency contact, which is my father. Um, and then I have like GPS coordinates of the facility and all that jazz. And then I have a map of the a map of my facility that is like little pictures like lamp, you know, bank of cages, window, mm-hmm. you know, like a little diagram that I drew out. And that's retained on site. And in for whatever reason, if a firefighter has to look at it or if Marcus has to look at it or fish and wildlife, whatever, it's there. So I got you. Makes sense. I think that's the the also the important factor of labeling cages and stuff and having locks is like if you have a fire or something, man, you got first responders that go into that house and oh yeah, there's a lot going on having those cages labeled so they know what what they're dealing with inside of those things is. I know it's a it's a must for for Florida folks, but anywhere else, like I I had my cages labeled. Regardless, like I got labels yeah. for them because yeah. that was my thinking was, hey, if there's ever like hurricane stuff, house fires, like houses flooded, people are, you know, they're they're looking for people, whatever, during these hurricanes uh, or after, because during hurricanes, Beaufort County is like, if you're staying, they will literally tell you like once there's, it gets to a certain point to where if you're in trouble, no one is coming to save you. No one's coming yeah. to help you. You well, are 100% on your own. And if you're staying, you're taking that risk yourself. So in my Tri-County area, it's said everywhere, the radio, the television, everywhere. If you're in my Tri-County area, which I think there's three, six, there's like eight or nine million people in my Tri-County area. If the winds go over 40 miles an hour, you're on your own. No fire, no EMS, no police, nothing. That's it. So, Yeah, so if anything happens, they're going to be looking for people and or bodies after the fact. Right. And that's one of those scenarios where if I don't have the animals with me, I want the cages at least locked and labeled, you know, yeah, it's worst case scenario, but 
Yeah. Those and scenarios I, do happen. I, I hope no one's listening to this and thinking that, you know, this is, this is obviously it's a morbid topic, but it's something that everyone really needs to focus on because we're not assuming that these things are going to happen. We just want to be pragmatic about it and say, Hey, this could happen. We need to be prepared for it. And like you said earlier, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. So, and that, I mean, that falls into the category too, with venomous of, of, I mean, if there's a hurricane happening and you're doing what you're supposed to do, then all your stuff is going to be locked up anyways, but not working with any of that stuff. Oh yeah. Exactly. Like, I know there's people dumb enough to be like, oh, there's a hurricane, no EMS, no nothing. I'm bored. I'm going to go clean. Yep. Croats. Yep. There's two big rules for me. I don't do venomous after 10 p.m. unless I had already started. So, like, let's say I started at 9 and I, I, I go over 10. Like, I'm already in the room. I'm already doing right, stuff. Right. Okay, I'm going to keep going. But I'm not going to go up there at 11 o'clock and start. You know what I mean? And the other thing is, if there's a major storm, the animals are going batty. The low pressure comes in. The barometric pressure changes. The animals know that it's there. They're going to hunker down. They're going to be very scared and defensive. I don't need any of that. So for the duration of the storm and as well as a couple of days after, if that means their cage is poopy, they're going to they're going to have a poopy cage. If that yeah. means their water bowl is dirty. Sorry, man. Don't drink for a couple of days. You know, yeah. I know it sounds it sounds cold, but I got to be safe about it. I have to be safe. Yeah, and that you know that was a, a factor with with venomous and stuff that I I didn't even think about until I think Kristen Wiley had mentioned it somewhere of you know if there's a thunderstorm happening don't work with any of your stuff because if the power goes out and you're you got a a wet noodle on the end of a hook that makes for a pretty shitty day and then I mean obviously if you're not feeling well like if you're feeling off in any capacity whether it's a cold or you're just tired like whatever same thing like if it's dirty let it sit another day it's not gonna hurt yeah and i mean obviously there's a a lot of people i think at least going into venomous may not think about and it's of course stuff like that that's so important you know it's just it's easy solutions yeah the uh the worst scenario i've ever heard was that guy who got hit by the taipan on 9-11 you know he got bit by a taipan yeah and literally uh, minutes later the World Trade Center disaster happened and the entire country's air traffic stopped. Yep. So they had to get special executive permission from the White House to fly a plane to pick him up, to take him to the hospital. And he was, from what I gather, he was the only airplane in the air that day because they were trying to save his life. So obviously that's an extremely extreme yeah, that's scenario. Like a, like a lottery level happening. Right. You but know. don't assume that they're going to drive an ambulance to your house because you got whacked by an Atrox when they're out, you know, pulling people out of buildings and stuff. It's not going to happen. You're, you're not the priority, you know? Yeah. I mean, imagine, dude, getting bit by one of those and being like, yeah, I need help. And they're like, well, uh, this, this happened. So everything's grounded. Yeah. Just yeah. Write it out until somebody gets there, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or better yet, people also don't consider this. After a natural disaster, it's a natural disaster. The roads may not be accessible. So if, God forbid, something happens and you get bit or you get injured or whatever, and you have to go to the hospital and you can't cross a road because it's washed out 
or you can't cross a road because of a downed tree, or you can't cross a road because of power lines in water, and you're gonna you're gonna get electrocuted and die. You know what I mean? Like that's you, you're not you have to find an alternate route. So a lot of us, uh, especially the venomous stuff, we have multiple hospitals written down with different routes. So if I know that you know Smitty Regional is going to be my hospital. And I know, okay, it's it's. I take a right out of my neighborhood. I take a left, and I drive straight there, and it's on the right hand side of the road. Okay, well, that's only if I can take that one road. I need right. alternate routes. They may be longer. They may be more timely. They may be, you know, scenic, whatever. But I need to have alternate routes to get to whatever pavilion or hospital or aid station I need to get to. And do you just have that like old style map quest like printed out? The, no, the, those are in my phone, but yeah, I should do that. <laughs> With like hindsight, route, hindsight, route one, route two, route yeah, three. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even that pipe protocol, man, it, it baffles me that more people don't get those. Yeah. Like as cheap as they are, there's no reason. Like, I'm Pittman's still doing those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He makes a, a good product. There, there's, there's, a, lot of things in there that i don't particularly care for but that's the beauty of you being a herper and a keeper is you get to write your own you know mm -hmm. so i don't know he just made it easy i had one just for north american pit vipers because i was keeping the atrox and stuff at the time and it was like 10 bucks i think with the yeah. folder and everything like delivered to you yeah i was like this is it doesn't get any easier and i even flipped through it and i was like this is this is thorough like the list yeah. of contacts was long standard sort of medical protocol for doctors to look at and hopefully they don't just look at it scoff and throw it in the trash but i would yeah, hope that enough doctors can yeah. put their, their egos aside and be like okay this is what needs to happen you know yeah and, it, and it's a lot different when you show up with a legitimate packet of information say here you go they're way more apt to look at that and read that and take that on Right. When you go in there and you say, look, this is what I need. This is what you're going to do. They're going to be like, who's this guy? Yeah. You're delusional. Are you on drugs? You know? Uh, that'd be my biggest fear is being unconscious and showing up to the hospital and then them being like, yeah, okay, so this is the information we have, but I don't think this is right. And so then they start doing just goofy stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? It's yeah. A lot of people are under the assumption that if they just go to the hospital, like they'll be awake and conscious and and be able to speak eloquently and clearly. Yeah. And like it's like that very well may not be the case. How many times have we heard about people getting bit and they pass out in the parking lot of the hospital because they drove themselves or. Oh, yeah. You know, and then people show up. and They're like, well, this guy's passed out behind the wheel of his car. Maybe he's just drunk. Yep. You know, but like, I have no idea. Yeah. And then, I mean, how long are you extending treatment because you're now having to figure out what exactly is going on? It's like, okay, yeah, he's, you know, his hand's swelling up and it's turning black, but they see snake bites so rarely, it's going to be like, well, exactly. Let alone something exotic. Yeah. 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 It's wild. But on a brighter note, if it's summertime and there's a storm coming, you better put those puff adders together. Because that's money making material right there. It's why it's it's crazy how how much of a trigger that is for so many different species. Though. I know, right? Man, they just they have rains coming. They know it. Yep. Awesome. Well, getting back to the list, 
So did you want to jump into the smaller lists or the more specific lists, or do you want to just leave that at that for now? And maybe we retouch base on it for something else. Probably leave it as is for now. And then we can, I'll get in touch with like Christian Parr and maybe some of those guys out West and see if they have any extra input. Yeah, man. Maybe do a post in the, the group or something and people can throw in there. Sure. Sure. I think it's a good idea. There are items. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of some of the other stuff that's happened to me and friends over the years that has altered my way of thinking about particular topics. Um, going back to the, uh, you know, you never know how cold it's going to be when you go somewhere. Mm-hmm. When, going back to my late mentor, Frank, um, he had moved from South Florida to North Carolina. And he asked me, he said, hey, would you be willing to drive my pickup truck? with all the tanks in the back of it and then all the snakes in the cab with you, you know, and then when you get up there, spend the night in the empty house and then I'll fly you home the next day. I said, of course, you know, it's my pleasure. The man's a legitimate mentor. And uh, so I did. And I had, what did I have? I had probably about 60 or 70 harmless snakes and then like five or six croats. And the croats were in one of my wooden hot boxes um, they were individually bagged and then put in the hot box and it was locked. And then I had, you know, big Rubbermaid tubs full of deli cups and bags in the seat next to me. And I had a particular cichlid fish that was like his baby, his pride and joy. And I had that cichlid fish in a five gallon bucket with a, a D cell battery aerator in the bucket. Right. And I get up there to North Carolina and it was cold. It was like 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And I was like, man, what am I going to do with these animals? I don't have a space heater or nothing. I don't even have a sleeping bag. I, I didn't even think they'd bring that. So I went up, I went up getting lost. I pull over to an old gas station that had one of those old like crank gas pumps where like you, you, you pay the guy at the counter and then he literally turns the pump on and, and it's set to like to time. Right. So you give him a $20 bill. And that's, you know, 2.5 minutes of whatever gas flow. And you'd crank it and pump it. And uh, I went up going there. And the guy's like, oh, no, man, you drove four miles in the wrong direction. So I, uh, I turned around. I found the house. It was already like 11 o'clock, 1130 at night. And uh, thank God the realtor showed up. And the realtor was like, hey, you're Phil. I hear you got a bunch of snakes. Here's a sleeping bag, a pillow, and a space heater. I'll turn the power onto the house. And I was like, solid. We're gold. <laughs> well, I w- there was no smartphones back then. So I was, I think I was listening to music on a radio or something. I don't even remember what I was doing. I was laying on the floor. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm cold. This space heater isn't working worth a shit. I was like, you know what? Let me check the animals. So I look, and like all the snakes are like limp. And the fish is upside down. And I'm like, oh, God, this I killed this fish. It's a tropical fish. What was I thinking? So I put the the bucket with the fish in front of the space heater. And then I pulled all the bags of the snakes up against my sleeping bag and then threw one half of the sleeping bag over the snake bags to, like, insulate them. And I just slept there with my my jacket and a blanket I had in the car. And... uh, and, and it worked in the morning. The fish was alive, perfectly fine. But 
had that woman not brought me that space heater, the fish would have been dead mm-hmm. and the snakes probably would have got RI or worse. So, you know, thinking about where you're going to be, you know, I was coming from South Florida. I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, in September, October, whenever it was, it was going to be that cold, but it was. So, you know, do, do a little homework before you, before you travel. I mean, or yeah, having an, an actual like evacuation plan as far as, you know, where you're going to go, who you're going to stay with kind of thing. If it's not going to yeah. be a hotel, a lot of people, like I got family in Tennessee and um, that's pretty much where we, our first choice of where we go. Cause a, it's far outside of all the chaos and bullshit of an evacuation. And then B it's spacious and, you know, they live out in the middle of nowhere in a giant house. So it's yeah. kind of a good, good, good spot to go. So, yeah. Oh yeah. But I know having been there, like I know what to expect sort of this time of year because it is like it's just like what you were dealing with. Like it is considerably colder out there and, you know, they get snow in the winter all the time. So this time of year, it's definitely cooling off and yeah, plan accordingly. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's just thinking everything's going to be fine and it it's not, you know, and I was in the middle of nowhere in a town I've never been to. I have no idea where anything was. I was I was literally using a paper map with Sharpie marker to like map my route. There was no <laughs> I, I think there was um it wasn't Google Maps, MapQuest. That's what it was. It was MapQuest and those directions were trash, you know. Yeah. But uh no smartphones, man. What the hell did we do? And then this is the worst part. So the next day uh I'm like, what do I do? They're not going to be here for like 6 7 hours. So I call them they're like, "Hey, if you follow the woods line, like the tree line, there's an old abandoned barn. Go look for some rat snakes. I'm like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> I locked myself in the barn. <laughs> I found like a four foot rat snake shed. And I was like, this is so cool. Let me go in the barn. And I go in the barn and I heard the door go. And I was like, oh, whatever. I grew up on a farm. I'll figure it out. And I'm looking around this barn and I'm flipping stuff over and moving old hay bales that were, you know, decades old, dry, rotten hay. And uh, and I go to get out and the door won't open. And I was like, OK, don't panic. Figure this out. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. I, I couldn't figure out how this was. And it had an old wooden latch that was on like a rusted hinge. Mm-hmm. Right. So I wound up breaking off a piece of like plywood or, or I don't even know what the hell it was. It was a pe- just a piece of wood and like sliding it through the slots of the wall and making like a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not a seesaw, a fulcrum point. Right. Yeah. And I flipped it open, but it took me like an hour to figure that out. <laughs> and I and I got out and I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit in the house and play with snakes. So. And then this yep. fish. Yeah, and the fish. Oh, the fish. I'll tell you, I mean, those aerators work pretty damn well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in pretty much any scenario, you're gonna you're gonna forget something or something's gonna not gonna be as yeah. as planned, but with the list and stuff at least you like I said, you're just eliminating the possible errors and and mistakes and forgetfulness. Yeah, yeah. I will say this too is some people think 
it's a good idea to move their animal in their enclosure. And although it is easy, I do not recommend anyone do it. Um, first of all, water bills, water bills, water bowls spill and flip and substrate slides. Animals can get injured from decor hurting them or falling on them or whatever. And at the same time, it's so clunky and cumbersome to, to do that. I've seen it where like, you know, guys are like, oh, I got to. I'm going to, I'm moving to a new facility. I'll just leave the animals in the rack. I'll take their water bowls out and then I'll just put a dolly or like a, a hand cart underneath the whole rack and just wheel it into the U-Haul truck. Well, don't do that. Things slide, things jostle. I've seen it where like the drawers, drawers are open. All, no, drawers open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, now I, I don't think you need to completely strip the cage. You know, if you're moving to a new facility or something, but definitely remove the animal from the enclosure. Do not yeah. leave it in its enclosure. If you have one leopard gecko in a 10-gallon tank and you want to bring the whole 10-gallon tank with you, okay, that's fine. That, no problem there. Or you have a dumpy tree frog and an exoterra, no problem. Nothing's going to happen. But when you have multiple animals in multiple enclosures, don't bring the enclosures. It's not worth it. There's too much space that you're losing with those enclosures. And if you are going to bring the enclosure, definitely remove the animal. There's just too much of a risk of injuring the animal. Yeah, and that's with my racks, at least the ones that aren't black box. Uh, I saved all the lids for all those tubs so that in the event that I had to pick it up and move, I just had the lids there, snap them on, empty the water bowls so that it doesn't yeah. slosh and create a swamp and just yeah. grab and go. Same thing. And I actually, that makes me, like, it would be nice if Vision or even Freedom Breeder or any of these tub tub makers made a lid option that you could do that that same thing with. Yeah. I'm sure if that was an added option for for people, I have no doubt that they'd people would be interested in having lids for those just to be able to slap them on and even if yeah. you had enough like made them so that you could put them on and then put them back in the rack. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. absolutely. That'd be cool. That would definitely be cool. I need another black box rack. Yeah, I gotta I gotta call Jen and figure out uh, my next set of stuff. So, because it's it's time. I've been putting stuff off for too long, and fuck, I haven't even sent you your pictures yet. Yeah, that Cambro rack, man, I love it and everything. But I I was looking at the the new XT threes with the the front openers, you know, the single drop down windows, and I was like, man, if I swapped out, so there's ten Cambro tubs in that rack, and they're all the big ones. I couldn't go five high on those, like in the XT threes, because that would be to, like my ceiling is like seven foot, give or take right. seven and a half, maybe um, with those XT threes, I could only go four high, but I figure I'll have the Ackies in that XT four and I'll have space on top of that stack of cages. So whatever I have left over, they can go on top of that. Sure. Like the other two. And uh, it would, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't free up a whole lot of like, it's not going to make my room magically have more space, but it definitely would make things look a lot better. And that rack is just, I don't know. It's clunky. Getting the tubs out uh, without spilling water bowls can be kind of tough because it's got those little ridges on the bottom, like the stabilizers. So if I don't have it like lifted all the way up, if I slide it in, it hits that bottom and water just goes everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, we, yeah you going to keep the tubs about. or no? I don't know. I don't know. I, Terry 
Burwell sounded somewhat interested in the in the rack, and he just finished his room, and I'm supposed to take the cyania to him at some point. So I don't know if he, has an, if he has an interest in it and be like, trade me a rough scale for it. We're good. <laughs> nice. And dude, Graham Patterson's in the chat. He says good morning. I'm like, even good morning. That's you're waking up way too early, brother. Right. <laughs> He's five hours ahead, and it's what still too early. Uh. Yeah, but it'd be nice to. I mean, eventually everything in my room is going to be black box stuff. It's going to happen. Um, yeah. Uniform, baby. Yeah, and it just having those, even if it's not the the single front openers, like just having those planted with just LEDs and stuff would look yeah. really freaking nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Has there been any jump in price from PVC builders post COVID? I know the PVC sheet PVC sheet has increased significantly. Yeah, PVC has gone up for everybody. Shipping freight has gone up for everybody. You know, it's it's unfortunate. A lot of people complain about the price of shipping and freight, and it's like it's going to be with anybody you go with. It's going to be expensive. Um, it's just the the general economy doing its thing. You know. Yeah. As the insurance company says, the cost of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, uh, I just need to, I need to plan out, take a look at what I have and what I want to get rid of as far as racks and stuff and figure out what I need to replace them with and what, if I can somewhat condense things a bit. That's why I do like those, those XR20 racks a lot, just because I can have the different tub sizes in them and stuff and, and, uh, get the most out of it. Yeah, I do want at least another XR20. I think if I had one more of those, I could probably have just about everything that's a grow out or still a you know a hatchling, um, pretty much squared away. And then another uh, another one of the V70 racks would be nice too. I need to do that because I've got some stuff that's that's growing up that's um, needing that sort of final final setup. So yeah. I get it, man. Tell you what, though, I got ARS in the brain, man. I really do. I just got no place to put it. So, got to figure that out for the future. They're, uh, they're nice. I don't, they're just, they're expensive and they're big. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And and that's the thing, too, is you can't just buy one stack. You have to buy, you have to buy at least two, if not three. You know, I'm short, so I probably would only buy two, but Mm -hmm. still, man, like, we were at Daytona and Anna Marie and I were looking at it and like she walked over and was like, touched it. And I was like, don't get any ideas, girl. She goes, I'm just looking. Yeah. I just, I really, A, the, so the bio G's are working great for the rhinos, the adult rhinos that I have, but they're going to be needing an upgrade, which would where that would be where the XT3s would come in. But having them set up with, you know, planted, kind of like what they have now, just in a yeah. bigger version, man, that would look really slick because they're just, they're always out and about, and the pothos are freaking loving it in those things. Like they're they're literally growing up the corners and stuff now. Nice. Um, so they look good. And then I have those those two smaller rhinos that are in need of an upgrade soon too because they're outgrowing those six core tubs quick. Um, yeah, there's just once again the the annual reorganization and shift of the room is just it's upon me 
Well, like the normal people have spring cleaning. We have, you know, fall Tetris, autumn I Tetris. Hate, I hate, hate, hate having to reorganize. I know. It's horrible. Uh, and I have I have so much stuff on timers now for like light cycles and like mm-hmm. oh I gotta unplug everything and clean and ugh. See that in that way I do love the BioGs and the black box stuff because they have these tethers so you can have multiple units plugged into the same out like unit like the same switch. Right. So like all the LEDs plug into like this ganglia of of inputs and then it's all connected to one one switch so if i just want to turn on the bio g's i just hit the switch and they all turn on and they're all dimmable and so i do love that aspect of not having to have a giant surge protector with you know 10 different lights plugged into 10 different slots instead it's all combined into one and it makes life a lot easier yeah you're still on the whole flip on the morning flip off at night thing right yep yeah man i don't know how you do it i just man i don't so I was thinking about this the other day too. There's the whole automation thing. Like it's convenient to a point, but then my thing is, is I want to have to turn things on and look at things. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, get I know it. I I'm, I'm lazy. So if I have all that stuff on auto, I'm not going to be checking on it as much as I should be, you know? Yeah. So to have it and have to turn it on and have to be in front of that, you know, that rack or that cage and, and, look at it as i turn on lights and stuff I, to me that's important i don't yeah i agree i'm guilty of it man i'm super guilty of it and uh i've been having so many brownouts lately and not knowing it that like i check my uh uh Vivarium electronics mm-hmm. like every other day now just because I, lo- I look at the times first if the time of day is different on any of them i know there was a brownout mine blinks oh does it yeah like the, uh, the display, like when your microwave or your oven, if there's a power yeah. outage mm-hmm. and how it blinks, my, I don't know, my Varium Electronics stat does that when it's plugged in. But Well, so I've got 100s, 200s, and an A300, and I don't, maybe it's the way I have it set up, I don't know, but I don't ever notice them blink, but if all of them, because they're all stacked on top of each other, mm-hmm. if one of them, if they all say like 1002 and one says like 948, well, I know, I know there was a brownout, and the real whatever the real time is, give or take, I have to adjust for that. But mm-hmm. the one that I have the Serastis on actually has a night drop module so that I can get it as cold as possible at night, and that thing is messed up. I have to mess with it because it won't go above 88 degrees Fahrenheit, and I don't know why. And it, it was it was giving me a probe reading of 99, which is what I wanted because then it puts it at like 92 in the cage. But for whatever reason, it, it will not go above 88 degrees. And I have to, I think I just have to unplug everything and just start from scratch. Yeah. Or maybe you have a probe that's just not needs to be replaced. Well, I thought that, you know, I, I thought maybe the tape peeled off. Maybe the probe was dangling or something, but it's not. It's there. I put new tape just to make sure. But when I temp gun the actual heat tape itself, mm-hmm. it's, it's reading 88. So the probe's correct. You know, gotcha. it's just it won't go hotter. And I don't know why uh, I don't get it. Yeah. And then, oh, the other day I went in the room really early before work and everything and before everything turned on and uh, the, I have the AC blasting in there, you know, it's just because I want it to drop at night and be hot during the day. And the room when I temp on the floor, this is this was the weird thing when I temp on the floor, which is concrete, it said it was, I think, 69 or 68. 
But when I temp gunned the Serastes enclosures, it was 66. And I was like, that's really weird. I, I don't know if it's the sand keeping them cooler. It could but be. But I, I thought that was really interesting. I had not noticed that. So I, I, I'm going to try and go in there early, you know, more often to kind of get an idea, mm-hmm. especially after I fix the fix the freaking night drop thing. So. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I like the herb sets a little more than the VEs is they have an alarm on them too. So you can set that to where if it drops below a certain temperature or goes above a certain temperature, it starts, it's a really obnoxious beep. Oh yeah. You cannot ignore, you know, yeah. so that in that regard, I do like those a lot um, for that. And I only have the one herb stat that's on my incubator, but um, you know, if I had a choice between the VEs and the herb stats, I'd just based on the construction too, like the herb stats are in a, an aluminum, uh, casing, you know, that's a build, better build quality that I just, yeah, yeah, the, the VEs are very flimsy feeling, yeah. And I've, yeah. I've had the same one of those for a long time too, and haven't had any issues with it. You know, it's just if I had yeah. a preference, I want something that's a little, I don't, if I, if I, my clumsy ass drops it, I don't have to worry about it breaking into a minute, exactly. You know? Yeah, cracking or whatever. Uh, I will say this, I totally forgot to mention this. Um, I wanted to message you earlier, and I, I just plum forgot. So Kevin Barron messaged me yesterday morning that Govi was having a Labor Day sale and it was yeah. like buy one, get 90% off or something. Yeah. It was like a buy one, almost like a buy one, get one free kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if there's one, 90, 90% off. So yeah, I don't know if they're still doing it. Cause I mean, it's technically still Labor Day, but if anybody's listening to this, go try it out. You know, I need to get at least another one or two of those, the three that I have. So one of them I can't even find. It's still on because I still get readings, but I can't find it. I don't know where it is. And I, it, and I ate it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to gauge where because it's somewhere in the house. It's not in the room because it's in the it's cooler. Like it's cold. It's in like the 70s. It's so probably like, in your closet. Know, I think it might be in one of my drawers or something. Um, and then one of them just out outright died because I was keeping it in an egg box for a month straight and it got too wet. And I think just shorted and and no more um and then the other one i think it's somewhere in the room but i need to i need to get at least another one or two of those because those things man i when i got them i was like these will be cool i had no idea that i would be playing with those as much as i do like putting them everywhere like what does this look like what does that look like like what's it you know yeah man what's the numbers in here and how's it changing at night and during the day and it's actually a really good way to calibrate whether or not you're you know you're heating and stuff in an incubator's where you have it set same thing with like hygrometers for humidors and stuff yeah i have a digital one uh and then a beveda pack that's supposed to put out a certain amount of per, you know humidity and be able to put them in there and and know that it's accurate I did the same thing with uh with the govies and the and the incubator like i had it set at a certain temperature and i was like okay i hope this thing's where i have it set um just because when with a homemade incubator especially if you don't it's like it's kind of easy to misplace something and have it be off yeah you know when you're when you're putting the probe and stuff in there so um yeah it's that it was really handy and it turns out that that incubator spot on so i'm really happy with that but i want more of those and then i want one of those we've we've talked about this previously too but those um like thermal camera temp guns that have the little screen that show you yeah yeah, and now, dude, now you can get the one that plugs in the bottom of your phone for like 120 bucks. Really? Yeah, they're on Amazon. I don't know how well they work, but like I know the FLIR model, the actual FLIR brand is like three and change or 400 yeah. bucks. Um, 
and that's like a whole back battery cell for the back of your phone. Mm-hmm. Like your phone case is the thermal, but they make another one now that plugs into the bottom of your phone, kind of like those little credit card readers. Yeah. Uh, and then your phone screen is the thermal imager. Hmm. Yeah. I was just looking at them on Amazon, like 120, 130, something like that. Yeah. It just, it'd be awesome to be able to look at, there's so many things you could do with that. Like to look at a box of eggs. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, early term and then late term and see sort of what the heat differences are. And uh, if you're doing like maternal incubation, seeing what that is looking like. Totally. Uh, cages, you know, if you're not sure if, if a certain spot's getting warm enough or it's too warm, being able to look at that and visually see it, you know, there's just so many applications for that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Billy Jenkins asked if we pre-ordered a copy of the new Carpet Python Bible. I have not. No, this week I've got a I got to pre-order that. I have to put in my pre-order for Scott and Ty's new book, and I'm going to try and track down that Atheris book this week too. Yeah, I'm going to get that at some point. I emailed the guy and and asked him about shipping to the states and stuff, and I want to say it was around about 150 bucks shipped. Okay, which isn't horrible. Yeah, uh, and then that second, I was looking at that second edition of the venomous bites from non-venomous snakes, and that was supposed to get released back in June. And I guess this is like the third time that it's been pushed back because it's still not available and it's still on pre-order. So, okay, get my hands on that too. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely. Even though I'm not sure, looking at the description, I don't know how much. Like my. I don't know if there's a certain rule as far as like new editions as to how much new information has to be put into it for it to be considered a second edition or third edition, but the description made it sound like there wasn't a ton of new information in it. So okay. I don't, I don't know. I'm, at some point I'm going to get that too. Unlike the new carpet book, which is doubled in size. Yeah. You choke a horse with that book. Kill somebody with it if you want to do. Yeah. Right. Well, man, is there anything else you want to touch base on tonight? Uh, I don't think so. All right, man. I think we got a lot of good stuff covered. Yeah, I'll get this sort of finalized and get it up on the website and have that link out for people. And, hell yeah. Uh, and it'll be there for whoever wants it. Excellent. 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 But this episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com best of the best drop the zeros get with the heroes often imitated never duplicated you can wait a year to get your cages or you can order through black box and get them in approximately two weeks lickety split blink and it'll show up new sliding options available on multiple models new drop single drop down window options available on the xt3 and xa3s and uh, then Puget Sound Pythons, check them out. Facebook, Instagram. If you're looking for some ball pythons, I got some cool stuff soon to be available. And uh, we'll be back Thursday for THP. Me and Chris are working on another Corn Stars episode, getting that lined up. And uh, I think that's it. Rock and roll, baby. We will see everybody later. Bye.